Welcome to the Naked Under the Table show, where we say what we think because we're just as naked under the table as you are. We've got nothing under the table and nothing is off the table. Our weekly golden nuggets are delivered hot and fresh by your favorite half-naked people, Martin, Denise, and Elsie. And this week's episode is the fifth and last of our anniversary month series where we did reduxes on all our best episodes or series of the last year. And tonight we are going to be talking about, or we're going to be bringing back the Controversial Couples series, and we are going to be talking about Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn. And funnily enough, me, a self-proclaimed fan of this storyline, is going to be your hostess tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, Elsie and Martin? How are you guys doing today? Hey, guys. Hello, everybody in the live stream. Hey, Martin. Hey, guys. I'm ready. You're Go ready? for another an, another week, another 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 episode. I'm, I'm ready for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Super excited for this particular episode, not least of which because our controversial couple uh, series was pretty well received. But, you know, we had a long list. And these two guys that we're talking about now, Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn, got cut from the original list because we only had four. That's money, right. That's right? right. We caught them from the original list. That was also a solid list, though. That was it really was. a solid list. It was. So you see, sometimes fate and the universe kind of come around and make things happen. <laughs> right? Okay, so before we kick off, in the off chance that somebody listening is not very familiar with these two characters that we're going to be talking about, no, they are not fictitious characters. Henry VIII was actually king of England from 1509 until 1547. And the reason he is so famous, or some people might say infamous, is because he is known for having six wives. Six wives. And there's even a rhyme to remember the six wives in terms of what befell them. So it is divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived. And we are going to be talking about the second in this long line of six wives. So yes, it's a little bit of a spoiler. She gets beheaded at the end and that is Anne Boylin. Um, and I won't talk any more about it because a lot of the questions I will ask kind of give a quick summary anyway. So unless the boys have anything else to add or ask about None? We can forge ahead. Okay. Cool. I want to add one thing. I want to add one thing, Denise. Henry oh, should have married two more. That would make that would equalize his his, his reign as Henry the Eighth with eight wives. That would be like a <laughs> number. You know what he I think? He, he didn't have his math. There if math he didn't right. die. <laughs> <laughs> if he didn't die, he probably would have made the eighth. Damn, if he didn't dude. die, he would have made, I think he would have made the eight, even probably even more so. But uh, that would be a, a balanced number for me. And and in a lot of cultures, good luck. It's eight. Yeah, but you need to understand that. Is having, having eight wives good luck in many countries? No, the, number, <laughs> the number eight. Well, not uh, in this era. And not in his, because you can get beheaded, guys. <laughs> and I, you know... I, I would love to visit that country. <laughs> but you guys need to understand the reason the story is so compelling is, especially in their time, 
there were no things as Hollywood or what we know today as celebrities. So you were really watching royalty and the aristocrats. That was the modern day Kardashians, if you will. It was, you know, it was uh, reality TV of that era. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's still, it still is. There are still loads of magazines that basically made... Uh, I, I just fell, like fell, I didn't fall over one. Uh, I uh, <laughs> I kind of, I read one uh, at a place I was uh, last week where it was just on the table and I picked it up. I forgot it existed. And it's basically a magazine we have in Denmark because we have a royal family. And that's what it does. Every single week, there's a whole magazine just talking about the past week. At, at where the they Royal go, Palace. what they ate, what they wore, everything. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And where they went, what they ate, what they wore, what they did, what they didn't do. Oh exactly. man. Well, it's much like it's. You're right. It's much uh, much like the Kardashians. We kind of know what, what's happening to all those people all the time. <laughs> so let us go back in time to the Kardashians of of that era and they were the tutors and henry was a tutor in fact one of the last living tutors um and the story of henry the eighth and anne actually begins while henry is already married to his first wife catherine of aragon and supposedly henry was very desperate for a male heir and as catherine was getting older and had only at that time birthed a daughter he started looking to extramarital affairs in his desperation for a male child, for a male heir. So my question becomes, do you feel or do you agree with Henry's course of action to look outside of his marriage just to produce an heir and continue his lineage? And we're going to go with Elsie for this first one. Well, well, during that time, uh, I believe during that time in, in history, uh, a male heir was considered uh, uh, a better uh, a better choice than a female. Uh, sadly, sadly so in history, females were considered uh, more or less a lower. Uh, yeah, they weren't character. allowed to become. They weren't allowed to become the monarch. Right, yeah. right. So yeah. of course that would that would entail, especially someone like Henry the Eighth. A king, no doubt, would want a male heir. Of course, that's that would be that would be a, a very reasonable uh, choice that he had to do. Uh, during that time, I guess it was acceptable because they needed male heirs. Even even peasants wanted male heirs more than more than daughters. But the the the, the, the bigger problem now is the king. <laughs> A king wants one, so this is something that's uh, uh, this is something that's I guess during that time very much acceptable. Of course, now it's a different story, uh, so it's hard. It's this question is a bit tricky because it's hard to put myself in in their shoes. If I'm probably living in the, during those times and susceptible to those rules, yes, I, I guess that would be pretty much okay, the norm. But now, of course not. Uh, I don't agree with this course of action uh, at this point in life, at uh, point in time. Uh, but he was known to be ruthless, because I mean, Henry was known to be a ruthless guy. <laughs> so, so uh, during, uh, especially during that time, that like, he, he just 
he had the reputation of just uh, beheading people. Uh, it was pretty. It was pretty scary not to give him what he wants. So what the king wants, the king has. The king gets. <laughs> of course, it's. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not uh, in favor of that. I'm not really uh, a fan of what he did. I'm actually not a fan of Henry. I'm, uh, he was a. Well, in my eyes, he was a bastard. Um, God bless his soul. I don't. I wish he doesn't have. <laughs> Yeah, but, what uh, about you? What about you, Martin? Do you agree with what he did, looking outside of his own marriage, just to preserve the lineage or guarantee the lineage, as it were? So, yeah. So you're asking if I agree with his course of action that he looks outside of his marriage to preserve his lineage, which at the time was considered the most important task for him to do. So. I guess, yeah. Looking at the circumstances, um, his his most important duty was to father a son. And if he, for whatever reason, and and uh, for whatever reason, he he couldn't get a son with his uh, with his uh, wife at the time, he uh, he 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 eventually got convinced that he had to look elsewhere. Um, I, I again, I, I would I would agree with Elsie. Of course, this is not something that. Well, I guess I guess it would happen today. I, I guess there are people that would do that, um, but uh, but at this time it was it was not uncommon. It was definitely not uncommon, and um, having concubines at the court was not uncommon either. So it's a pretty easy step to 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 get off the wagon and. And, and go bet someone else um so yeah I, I, it's it's a well i i guess i do i like i mean am i a fan maybe not do i agree i mean i if i had been in a similar situation with that kind of pressure on me to father a male child can I sit and say that I would wholeheartedly had resisted the temptation to look outside of my marriage to fulfill that responsibility, which was laid upon me? I, I, I can't say that that I wouldn't have done it. So, so I guess that's some sort of consent in, in, in some way. You know, it's interesting also because there's the perspective of, and I'm going to call it out, Catherine was being a bit of a shit. Um, you know, she was getting older and he had already asked, can we please divorce? He kind of actually went to her, not in necessarily a nice way, but was saying, dude, to your point, guys, I have a responsibility, not just to my family and my lineage, but to the country. I need to produce a male heir. And let's face it here. Your childbearing years are dwindling away. And he actually begged her for a divorce. And so this girl being the stubborn Catholic person that she was was like no i'm not giving you a divorce so in that sense it's almost like henry had no choice you know and i agree with you guys there was all of this pressure um all of this uh uh kind of it wasn't just pressure it was obligation it was a royal duty and a royal obligation to produce a male heir and i doubt many of the things that transpired after all of this would have gone the way it did if catherine just Fucking come on, man! Just divorce the dude so he can 
legally marry somebody else with no problem and have a kid, you know? And, and I, and then, so I, I tend to, to agree with the both of you that, you know, and, and he actually, he actually did father a son outside of the marriage. Later on. Yeah. Later uh, on, yeah. No, uh, he had a bastard while he was, uh, before Anne. With, and uh, sorry, yes. Yeah. With, with, so, yeah. so yeah. very likely that that reinforced his belief that it was Catherine, not was that it was her fault, not that it was her fault, but maybe reinforced his belief that that it was it was difficult to fi father male children with with uh, with, Catherine, with Catherine. So exactly, and so I agree with both yeah. of you. You know, it's so easy to sit on your high horse, put on a white hat now in retrospect, and be like, "Dude, you know, you shouldn't have done that." But when you're in his position, and I mean that in every sense of the word, his position, it's it's almost like you have no choice, man. And, and a lot of the literature actually kind of indicates that he was pushed toward this course of action. And so this is where Anne comes in, right? So Anne comes in, she was part of his court. Um, she was much, much younger than Anne, much, much more worldly. She went to France for a while, was part of the Queen's court over there. So she was also more sophisticated. She was very uh, eloquent, playful, flirtatious. And she was also kind of wily you know and in that sense many people vilify Anne as this wily temptress who won the king's heart simply for political gain you know because obviously you become the queen concert your whole family's legacy also moves up the ranks unless but, you're Anne Boleyn <laughs> well again yeah you know. uh, back then she didn't know it was going to happen you know so some people really thought that she was just playing a political game but there are still others that claim when you watch them and you saw them together, it was true love that Henry and Anne were in fact star-crossed, albeit ill-fated lovers. And so I wanted to get your opinion. How do you personally feel about Anne and her intentions toward Henry? Was she really in love with the guy or was she just trying to climb up the proverbial aristocratic ladder? Um. I guess I guess a little bit of everything like just to break it down like uh let's was she a temptress I'm sure she was the French court was was at the time known to be uh quite a, a cesspool of uh of uh of lust and desire you know um so I'm sure she was a temptress and I'm sure that it um invoked a lot of envy at court Especially amongst all the, all the all the chicks that uh, all the other, yeah, all the other courtesans. <laughs> yeah, that saw that saw uh, Henry's uh, growing affections towards her. Actually, I, I believe they're like they they had something going on for about seven years before they even got married. So it was apparently pretty long time. That's quite a foreplay. I'm just saying, I can't. <laughs> I can't do One that. One could argue it's a seven play. Seven years. <laughs> yeah, man, that's crazy. Um, uh, did she do it for political gain? I'm sure. Like, why not? Right? Uh, not why not. I am sure that it was a part of it. Does that mean she didn't love him? Or does that mean that she went for the political game more than she went for the love? Like, the, I don't really see the world like... Either it's one or it's the other. I'm sure it's both. Like you see a handsome man, you probably she probably liked him. 
she even loved him maybe i'm I'm sure they went through quite a trouble quite a lot of trouble to get all of this sorted out right so and they did wait for each other sort of wait i'm sure they had some hanky panky stuff going on during those seven years but they sort of waited for each other for quite a while so but that doesn't mean that uh that she, like if you meet a handsome man or a beautiful woman and it happens to make your life easier at the same time does that mean that you don't love them or that you just do it for political gain right like like i i don't really subscribe to 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 that concept um both you can have your cake and eat it too so Elsie, do so, you agree with that? Do you think that it was a little bit of both, or was it one over the other? Oh, I'm sure there was some affection there, uh, but the political game. Oh, well, that comes with the title of a king. Uh, that's that goes without saying. Uh, like it or not, you're gonna get it. Was that the was that the driving force for her going for the king? Maybe. Uh, who can really say? But fun fact, Anne Boylin. She wasn't, although her heritage is, is is peasantry from her grandfather. It was she wasn't all that poor. They no, were she was aristocratic. Yeah, she was still aristocratic. Yeah. And actually, Anne's cousin, James Butler, was an earl. Yes, exactly. So, so she was actually bound to marry James, uh, her cousin, who was royalty, more or less. So she wasn't some nobody. She was kind of somebody. Uh, com of course, compared to a king, that's pretty much uh, minuscule, but still not pure peasantry. There was some uh, affluence there. There was some influence there. And, and because of that, it's hard to pinpoint a certain motivation that being Oh, you just you went for the king because of your you want power. Or what she didn't really, maybe she didn't really need it as much uh, because of of her heritage as uh, kind of affluent. I I don't think it's it's that was just the driving force. I think there was some affection there. Um, <clears throat> in, in, in 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 what do you call that? Uh, Mondo called it something. Uh, our producer Q called it something. Uh, um, uh, Rockstar Google Eyes. Uh, what, what, I forgot what he called it. Uh, <laughs> when you meet the king or anyone of that caliber, anyone would get some sort of a would get starstruck, would get some sort of a, a, a kick from it. I'm not a fan of. Uh, I'm not a fan of of uh, the Kardashians. Not at all. But if I'm sure, if I meet one of them. I'd be taken about. I'd be, I'd be like, oh, this is one of the. You would marry her. What? I would. I, I, I would. There we go. Thank you, Q. Celebrity goggles. You, you, you get that. Even if you're not a fan of that, uh, that particular celebrity. What more a royal? What more someone of. Hey, of, but, of but you know. Apparently, Henry VIII was a looker, dude. This guy was tall. And in a time where there weren't a lot of tall dudes, he was tall, he was well-built, he was athletic. Like, he could do all the sports and stuff, and he was eloquent and very charming. So, I mean, you to go. your, you know, she, she 
you would be the kind of person that could win a girl over even without you kingship, you know? Like There you go. He wasn't some... Uh, and back in those days, when you see Henry VIII's paintings, he was always depicted as a big guy, a bit bigger. But that was the that was the good looking statue of the day. Of and that was much later person. on. Those 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 heavy set photos were right, much right. much later on in his reign. Know, actually, what yeah. I'm saying Denise, is is uh, back in those times, being a bit bigger was 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 more attractive. Uh, thus, giving you that the notion of oh, you're not starving. <laughs> you're 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 pretty uh, well fed. Uh, being thin back in the day was 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 frowned upon for being poor. So this is something that that but people have to realize. Uh, yeah, Henry the Eighth was a looker. Uh, if there was a Teen Beat magazine back then, I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would have been a candy cutie. I'm sure Henry VIII would have been there. I'm, <laughs> oh, on the, the top, on the are... top, top most handsome guy list. Yeah, right. He'd probably be like on the maxim, not maxim, on the on the times most whatever, or you know those good-looking men thing. Um, you know, what, you know what, sorry, Dave, to, add, to add to my answer. You know, what, you know, what, it would be great to go back in time and set up like hidden cameras in the whole castle, and and we would yeah. be watching it in real Lies time. On in the wall. Future, yeah, dude, that would be awesome. That would be you know, amazing. you know what you call that, Elsie. You know what you call that? What? Reality TV. <laughs> Royal reality TV. No, and can you imagine? You have confessionals. TV. You know how in reality TV there's confessionals, yeah. right? And you have everybody's talking about you know, like focus. I can't stand Anne. I really can't stand her. He's like so old. Like, I gotta do this, right? Like <laughs> you gotta love like some someone who who even lies at their confessional. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Or like, when is this gonna air? And, you know, yeah. like stuff like guys, that. Guys, and the best part of a hidden camera show in the time of the royals, Anne Boylin and Jane Seymour have actually hashed it out. They had. They were in blows. Yeah, we could, have seen, we could have seen that. We could have seen that. Like desperate housewives kind of thing, right? Desperate courtesans. And then here in the present, we would be watching it and we would be probably going, uh, doing bets. Oh, yeah, I'm rooting gonna... for your favorite. I'm betting around two with Anne. <laughs> but I will, I will say though, like, I totally get where you guys are coming from, that it's very hard to pick love over money so to speak in a case like this to elsie's point it's not like Anne was destitute she came from some money and she would have probably married up anyway and to martin's point so what if she was after power and money you know that that, that doesn't diminish the fact that you might genuinely be attracted to somebody and so what i want to i want to throw in here to this particular view especially in terms of Anne and her intentions Anne was actually always ambitious. Like she was always a go-getter. She always wanted to be the first, the best, the smartest, the funniest. She had a natural competitive streak. So in point of fact, when she was in France, she didn't want to leave. She didn't want to go back to England. She was perfectly fine there. And she was moving up the ranks there too. And in this case, the person she got really close to and the person that she was, you know, kind of forming a bond with was the queen of france and so i think her very nature is that she's a go-getter um and she's very alpha ambitious. female 
ambitious. So if you put her in another court, she'll just keep doing what she does. She do you, uh, she do she or whatever. And it just so happened to catch the eye of the number one man in the room, the most eligible bachelor. So, and if she does like power because she's an ambitious person, I'm pretty sure she fell in love with his power and his influence legitimately and truly. Like, she loves power even if it's not a, in human form. She loves that, you know? And so, to me, can I agree. You, can, you recuse, can you recuse, I know? Can you recuse comment? Okay. No, because he was like, she was like, if Henry was in a reality TV show, it would have been The Bachelor. Nah, it would have been The Bastard. <laughs> He's such a bastard. Just kidding. But, 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 but yeah, I, I think it really says something about the whole setting of of the whole story of first, like of Henry the Eighth, and and also the part of it that with Anne Boleyn is is this was really the world they live in. Like I I believe the Tudors was that their family was known for all of this drama and all of these like, and obviously being a court. Um, it's also known for all of these like intrigues and dramas and backstabbing and so on and so forth. So, so this this was a big part of the world that they were living in, uh, and and something that we might find like like sit and go like what? Why would you even do that? Or or why would you think that? Or why would you believe that person? Or whatever. Like back then, like. I don't know back then because there's still places now like there you can go to loads of like groups of people that have these kind of like uh yeah, look at reality tv right very similar um but i think the setting of which all of these things play out say a lot about how how society can explain is a, yeah. yeah and also explain a lot of the reasons why it turned out like it turned out right so that's a beautiful segue. So we've talked a little bit about Anne and what her intentions might have been coming in. And Martin was mentioning, you know, it's just how it was. In fact, the family that Henry was a part of didn't just participate in this stuff. Sometimes they, they facilitate. Yeah, yeah, they, they facilitated it. it. You know, and that's why some actually insist that Henry was a spoiled, pompous ass. And he treated his wives and his women like disposable property. And yet others claim that the poor guy suffered from so many things. Later on in life, he had an illness from a hunting accident that he couldn't heal. So the wound kept festering and festering and it got him even into more pain and illness. And that's what made him so crabby. He had all of this religious turmoil that we'll talk about more in a second. We already mentioned this pressure to produce an heir. And quite frankly, this unfortunate incident of his brother passing away because Henry VIII wasn't actually supposed to be the king. He wasn't the firstborn son. You know, so given all of this, all of the way Henry was, his family, his position, the things that happened to him, do you feel that Henry was a villain, really? Or was he a victim of all of this kingly circumstance if you will and and martin i'd like to continue with you because you were already on this track earlier yeah and i'll, I'll continue down the same track um a, a little bit of both i'm sure i i mean again uh, i am not was he a villain for sure at times he was uh, i i'm sure he did a lot of uh i'm sure he did a lot of things a lot of bad things to a lot of people 
um and he might even have regretted some of it like god only knows right um so was he a villain for sure was he a victim yeah but we're all villains and we're all victims the the, the question is what are you going to do about it are you going to be have are you going to be a product or are you going to be a slave on your of your circumstances or are you going to transcend it and i don't know what he did like there's so many things surrounding this like him especially but of course this whole thing with Anne, right but but also just him is especially like all of the wives that he had and and how he was brought up and uh, and all of these things but and the world that we talked about the world that he was living in and, and all of these things but at the end of the day he's a guy like the rest of, or he's a guy he's a person like the rest of us and was he a villain for sure was he a victim I'm, I'm sure he was as well but but that's that's a lot of all of us it's not an excuse for either one or the other yeah, because you're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution Right. And, 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 you know, the decisions you make kind of lead to you either being more of a victim or more yeah, of a yeah. I, I, you, you are both a part of the solution and a part of the problem. Right. It's, it's the same thing. Are you a villain or a victim? Are you, you're both. That's the answer. You're both. Right. Uh, the question is, what, 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 what are you planning to do about it? And, and, and how much effort do you put into to, to transcending it? Right. If, yeah. So, yeah. You're both. Elsie, do you feel the same? <clears throat> he was well, both? Yeah. You know, it's kind of... Yeah, he didn't really ask for it. Uh, you're right. He, history dictates that he wasn't supposed to be king, but he was. Did he play it right? I guess, I mean, a, a leader that powerful will always have bad, some sort of a bad flag and a good one also. You're right, Martin. There's always a good and bad to that side. With Henry, he had the reputation of beheading. Um, Bloody Mary, uh, <clears throat> the list goes on with all these uh, royals. Uh, as, a, as a bad guy, here's the, here's the, here are the, these are the things that we have to understand during those times. The, he was the king. Whatever he did, he had more or less the right to. It's 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 hard to yes it was bad, you can say that oh beheading that guy was bad or beheading that uh, your ex-wife was bad, but that was his right as king, and it's as bad as it seems that was still his right and it was here's the here's the funny thing everybody it was it was his God-given right by the church, so who can you blame? Yeah, you can say what you want, but no, and and it's an interesting right. point that you make because he was also not measured on the same yardstick as everybody else so he could push the boundaries of proverbial villainy without necessarily having to consider the consequences we're not even going to talk about morality here or right and wrong but i get your point elsie part of the reason why he did all of the things that he did was because he could and when you when you don't have that kind of structure when you don't have boundaries placed upon your person, I'm not even going to talk about your position as king, but placed upon your person, the, the barometer for being human, for being decent, you're right. It does become a lot skewed, you know, and, and, and now it begs the question of, and this is also why my answer is, I, I will pick a side, 
I've actually always felt that Henry was a victim. And a lot of the decisions he made, I mean, yes, he was a king. I agree with Elsie 100%. It was his right. And he was not going to be punished for any of the decisions he made because there was no such thing as right or wrong when the king made a proclamation or a decision. He's the king. Um, but I do know that a lot of his decisions were heavily influenced, if not by whispers on the side and, you know, political and familial kind of innuendos, you know, but he had a cabinet, he had advisors. There were a lot of really dubious players in his advisory board, if you know what I'm saying. And I feel that had he not been the king, he might not have made half of the weird ass decisions that he made. And he, he get, he kept getting backed into a corner and backed into a corner and backed into a corner. And yes, some of the decisions luckily worked out for him, but many of them didn't. And I, I really felt like most of these decisions weren't even his actual choices. You know, it was almost like you, yeah. I'm sure he was pressured a lot of times. I mean, uh, having an heir alone is probably pressured so much by the church to have an heir, to pass on the seed. Uh, he, he, we have to understand that these people are just people, like everybody else, uh, with with a, a huge uh, chip on his shoulder that he has to uh, please everybody. Uh, well, in history dictates that yes, you did a lot of bad stuff. Every king did a lot of bad stuff. World leaders nowadays do a lot of bad stuff, uh, and and most of them are even considered heroes. Uh, hello, hello, uh, Churchill. Everybody was considered a hero. What he did. He did a horrible a thing. Of, a lot of questionable things. Yeah, a lot of questionable oh. things. Right? Yeah. yeah. And we lost Elsie there for a second. Um, but I think it's a very important point that Elsie makes because, you know, they say power corrupts. But in this case, it's not power that you earned. It's not like you got elected into the position or voted by a constituent. You were born into it. And being born into a position of power must do something very different to your decision-making process. Not only because you have the power, but because you have such immense obligation thrust upon you. And, and this was not by choice. It's not like he asked to be, to be king, you know? Um, uh, and in point of fact, in his childhood, he wasn't even on that track as we already established. Um, and, 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 and I want to get into exactly one of, if not the first bad thing that, or at least quote unquote bad thing that people consider Henry did. In fact, this is, if not even his six wives, one of the things he's most known for, because as I mentioned earlier, he kept trying to ask his first wife for a proper annulment and a proper divorce, and she refused to give it. So eventually, in order for him to marry Anne, he had to actually break with the Catholic Church. And you have to understand, this was a time of immense religious turmoil between the Catholics and the Protestants. So in order to marry this Anne, he has to break with the Catholic Church because they wouldn't allow him to divorce Catherine. And he then started the Church of England. And in case you guys have been wondering, that Church of England has stayed since Henry VIII started it. So it wasn't in his plan. He wasn't actually trying to break with the church. He felt like he had no choice. And now that Church of England has been their religion since, you know, five centuries already, six centuries. So this is a very important point for me because that was, in my opinion, 
the sticking point in this whole love affair. It really was the sticking point. So my question, and I can't wait because I can see Elsie dying to answer this question. My question is, what is your take on how much religion plays in who we can or cannot marry? And Elsie, we'll go to you. <clears throat> well, yeah, again, we have to, <clears throat> we have to uh, consider the facts that this was uh, in the 15th century. The church rules, uh, state and, and church wasn't still, it was still pretty much together. And, and whatever the church says, you are, you are obliged to follow, especially for royals, more, more so for royals. So him breaking uh, connection with, the, with emancipating himself from, from the church, there's only one thing I can say, punk rock. Punk rock and Henry Henry VIII for doing something that's whoa for considered uh, totally blasphemous and and uh, your soul will be damned to hell. Uh, but yeah, but but well, it also says something about how much pressure he was he was feeling, right? Like man, I'm that, sure. that's crazy. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. Mark, Martin, you want to add to that? Yeah. I'm sure no, no, I was just, it was just a thought that came into my head that, that making the decision to break with, because when you break with something, it's not like on one hand, you can say that, okay, so you have to share power with someone and, um, well, you do this break and now you have all the power. So fuck man, you can do whatever you want, but that's just one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is the church lended massive support to these states um and religion was extremely important for the people living in these kingdoms so for him to make a decision to break with a court which which arguably uh to break with the church which arguably uh, haunted him let's say for for many many years uh, maybe not personally for him, but in terms of uh, the the people, his people's faith in him, um, he must have been super desperate, like to to take that take those kind of chances, like already at that point. And this is, by the way, before he marries Anne. So yeah, so yeah, that was just my point with that. And see, that's the thing, right? I mean, he's literally changing the face of a kingdom. He's changing cultural norms. He's uh, siding with a particular set of beliefs for a woman so he can marry a girl, you know? And, and this is only because, at least during that time, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it into present times here, that's how stringent religion was. I mean, he's the king of England, and even he can't marry who he wants because religion... And I'm like thinking, yeah, but what's out that doesn't that doesn't come cheap, right? Because but you have it, so so yeah, you can argue whether or not um, that's the best solution. But would you rather have a monarch who doesn't answer to anyone, right? So so yeah, so I I, I guess for all the bad rep that it has. Uh, and 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 a lot of it rightfully so the catholic church also helped put some guidelines onto the 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 royal families of europe at the time 
and, and and that's that's the thing. Like he breaks from it. He he basically makes his own church, which I agree, LC is is super badass. Damn, dude, yeah. like mic like, drop levels. <laughs> yeah, he he might he might have been you know it might have been out of uh, because he was desperate, but but what a desperate decision to make, man. It's just fuck you guys. Like, he calls the Pope up and he goes, bro. We're sorry, over. who are you again? Nah, bro, I'll be the king, bro. Mic drop. <laughs> I want to see if if our hidden camera show in the future would still be active. I want to see how that went, how that went out. How did he talk to the the, the, the panel of, of of priests and the go, hey guys, this ain't yeah. working. This ain't working. I love this girl, and I'm gonna marry her. Whatever you guys say, but you're right, Martin. It's nice. To, it, it, it's it's scary to to have someone of that much power without anyone putting him in, and he was above he was practicing his 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 kinghood that is stronger than than than, than religion uh, arguably because uh, he but, was the church as the he sovereign was, he was right. the church he was the church so he was above the law in in, in that in that in that sense it is scary it is scary but yeah it is bad at the same time. <laughs> You see, here's what's funny. It's not very different today. There are many cultures where it is difficult to marry somebody who is not of your same religion. And this is actually where my question was getting to. So but I but they were from the same religion, right? Like they were both Catholic. Uh, no. Anne was Protestant, I believe. That's why her daughter, Elizabeth, was also Protestant. Is, is what I remember. Um, but so before I continue, I'm going to read a message out or a comment out on the live stream. And Red um, had a really nifty thing to say. What's a king to a god? And what's a god to a non-believer? You know, and it's a very great yeah. comment because you realize the reason this was a problem to begin with is because during that time, you, th there were hardly any non-believers. In fact, the non-believers. Isn't were that also a quote from a Kanye JC song? <laughs> Is it? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's from a Kanye song. Nice, nice. Thank you, Red, for that comment. But and this is what I'm saying. Like, as I mentioned today, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull back or pull forward from history and go to present day. There are many instances I've heard of people who can't marry somebody just because they're of a different religion. And it, it boggles my mind. It boggles my mind. And unfortunately, we're not all kings here that can just, you know, break from whatever church we're in and start another one. But I'm not entirely sure I'm comfortable with how much religion plays in your choice of spouse. I think that's a little bit overstepping, in my opinion. Um, but that's just my opinion. And and I I see Elsie laughing. So I want to, Elsie, do you agree with me? Do you think religion is overstepping yeah, yeah, the bounds? I, I do agree with you. I'm just laughing of uh, all what uh, <laughs> you just commented on. A, yeah, it was a Kanye Jay-Z song. Uh, <clears throat> I do agree with you totally. Uh, it, I, I, thank you, Red, for the great comment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something that slipped my mind. But uh, yeah, but, uh, but it's still scary that it's nice to have some sort of some something keeping in check especially for lead, world leaders especially for uh, during that time okay uh but yeah it is punk rock so it's there's a bad and good side to it uh 
sorry, I just want to add on to Denise. Uh, yeah, it, it's up to now, uh, up to this day, religion plays, still plays a part. Uh, but the funny thing is, you can never get in in in, in my religion, which is Catholic, Roman Catholic. You, you can never get emancipated by it. You can you can you can choose not to follow, but you will you cannot get. I think that's what I know. Huh? Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Uh, people in the live stream. No excommunicato. You can't, you can't get emancipated <laughs> from 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 the Catholic Church. I'm sure you tried. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really care that much. But still, uh, if you really want to break ties, you uh, the Catholic the Catholic Church won't allow you. You can just do what you want to do. Well, but when we come, but when you come back, and if ever you come back, you're still Catholic. They will not uh, uh, refute you. So, so I did that. My question is: Did that come from uh, that that scenario from Henry VIII that he he tried to break break out of uh, the Catholic religion, and the Church goes, "Hey, you know what? Let's put up a rule that no one can break are <laughs> the pact." Uh, that's a uh, that's an interesting that's just an interesting thought. Go ahead, no, well, speaking of break, and the reason I brought it up to present times is there's another facet here in the Henry VIII and Anne story um, that's quite connected to the church or specifically religion, and that's the concept of divorce. Now, for those of you on the live stream that don't know this, where we live, Elsie and I, where we live, the Philippines, is one of the last bastions of no divorce allowed in our country. And that is not because um, that is not because of our state being separate. It's because our state is abiding by our predominant religion of being Roman Catholic. So you know that adage of separation of church and state. There are some countries that haven't gotten the memo quite yet. <laughs> but thankfully, in the modern world, there are some if not a lot of countries, states that do acknowledge that people need to get divorced. So, you know, poor Henry was trying to just get divorced and he couldn't get that. Hence, he had to break with the church. So I want to ask you guys, while we're on this track, how do you personally feel about divorce? If you're against divorce, could you explain your reasons why you're against divorce? But if you are for divorce... In the context of Henry and Anne, or, or because we're, we're in the context of Henry and Anne, what would you think would be a good reason for granting somebody a divorce? And what would be a dumb reason? Or it's not a good enough reason to grant somebody a divorce. Martin, what, what do you think? Do you believe in divorce? Do I believe in Is it a religion? <laughs> okay, fine. How do you feel about divorce? Sorry. Um, it's it's a good question. It's a good question. Um, for all the all the listeners out there, I am still not married. Um, I I find it because I'll tell you my viewpoint on it. And and I might take some flack, but I can I can deal with that. My only problem with my own viewpoint on divorce is that I have not been married. So it's very difficult for me to put myself in a, in a, in a situation of a person who's who's about to or have decided to or or in other ways are engaging with the concept of divorce. Very fair. Very fair. So um, do I believe in it? Yes. I believe that there are circumstances under which 
um, that the things between a couple or a married couple can be so severe, the problems could be so severe that at divorce is, is the last resort. Uh, and, and I think we have plenty of evidence for that. I, I don't think that's something that we really need to to argue. Um, and adultery being one of those things, which really speaks to to also the volume of of how bad a transgression adultery is. Because also, in, okay, I, I'll try not to leave too far, but but you could argue that like adultery is mentioned in in the Ten Commandments. Um, it is one of the main causes of divorces, even to this day. Um, although we don't stone people anymore or kill them uh, because of adultery, um, it, it it's really gone through the entirety of our written history. It's really been something that that's been a very very severe. Um, and I think there's a reason. I think there's a very good reason for that. In terms of, uh, so what do I think about divorce? I think, and I, I would suggest that data from uh, some of the developing co de developed countries in the world, which is where you see the highest di divorce rates, uh, um, do speak to this a little bit. Is it 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 can't be an easy escape because life is life is gonna get hard. And what happens with most people that are married is that they get kids. And once you get kids, it's, it's, it is about you, but it's also not really about you anymore. And although I'm not saying this is always the case, it is the case statistically that single, it, single parent, kids from single parent families and divorced families tend to do worse than kids that grow up in families with uh, uh, both their moms and dads. So, of course, there's a lot of circumstances around that, right? And I'm not saying that that's always the case. I'm just pointing out that there's data supporting that. Um, so, therefore, getting divorced should be a, a last resort. But it should be a resort. It should be a possibility that you have. So, that's An basically option. my view on it. Yeah. And I think that's a brilliant point of view. I think it's very fair. Um, and I'm so, so proud of you that you, you know, you declared up front that obviously you've never been married. So you're, and, and, and I respect that a lot of what you're saying comes from statistics. You're not pulling this out of your ass. I mean, this is anything that you could Google and it's data and information that's been around for, for decades already. Um, and I do 100% agree with you that the option to leave must be an option, but it can't be an easy out. And I'm going to quote the oft abused reason for divorce, irreconcilable differences. I mean, what is that? What is that irreconcilable differences? It's such a cop out and lame ass way of saying, I'm just too lazy to try, or I'm just not in the mood to love this person anymore. And you know, divorce is not negating marriage. Divorce is a future state. You don't go around. The only thing that negates marriage is an annulment. That's the true negation of marriage because it makes the marriage void. Hence, mm. annulment. It's null, but poof. Um, but divorce, many people think, is the anti-marriage. It's not. It really isn't. So 
marriage, as you say, Martin, it is supposed to be a lifelong commitment and it's not always going to be easy. And you have to try and you have to work at it. And you can't be selfish because there are other people, children for one, but extended families too, that get affected by your choices. So I agree 100% that, dude, I mean, you should have the option, but can we not be so cavalier about when we get divorced? Elsie, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Like, do you do you feel the same way that divorce is something we should have, but let's not get carried away with, with you know, shooting divorce left and right? Well, I, I do believe in divorce. It's a strong force in the universe. I think it's the, the <laughs> it's the building blocks of the universe. Uh, the Jedi's <laughs> use it a lot. It's something that's, my God, if you have it, you're all powerful. Let's, uh, Divorce let's is strong with this one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. We're talking about the other one. Yeah, <laughs> the other, the other divorce. The other divorce. Not oh, nice one, Elsie. So, you got me there you. for a second. You did. I was like, man, what is this guy babbling about? <laughs> sorry, I waited one week to do that. To do that. To do that. <laughs> Nicely done. I picked it up right away, though. I was like, oh, man, that was so good. <laughs> nerd jokes, nerd jokes for the win. <laughs> sorry, Elsie. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. So, uh, I do believe, I, I agree with Martin. You have to work on it. Uh, and I also understand where the church is coming from. Uh, why get married in the first place if you're just going to break it? It's a vow. Right, it's a, it's a, it's a, 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 about God. So I get the point. I get the point of this. Uh, why break it if you're gonna do? Why do it in the first place? You have to be super, super sure. Like a hundred times, you have to think about it really, really hard. Yeah, or but at least again, if not sure, then just. Right. Like have some kind of belief in the fact that okay, whatever the world is gonna throw our way, we'll, we'll right. deal with it. You know. Right. I mean, it it says in the in the in the contract uh, till death do us part. <laughs> in the contract, <laughs> all of that, all of that, that uh, jazz. <clears throat> so I do I do understand where the church is coming from. I think I think the one of the reasons that I'm not married myself uh, is for that fact that you have to be super super sure, and and it takes time, uh, maturity, uh, albeit. You're right. Uh, people change. I think that's one thing that we have to also consider. So you, 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 there's two sides of, of of the coin here. You you're very very sure in one hand, and that's great. And you want to to consummate, and, and you want to uh, in the in, in front of God and, and, and state you are together. Great. That's all all good. But things change. People change. You change. So, in a not just emotionally, in a biological sense, in every sense that there is, and the situations will also uh, have that effect. But you're right; you, it has you have to work on it. So it's it's a it's a it's a tug of war for me. It's a tug of war in that sense. Do I believe in divorce? Uh, I would love to believe in the other thing that I just said. Yeah. That was that easier to believe in than this for me. Uh, the force is actually a, a lot easier to believe in than divorce. 
the bush is such a it's such a critical and and sensitive topic for me that why do it in the why do it in the it's not it's, it's actually funny that you use the force from star wars and you know when you really compare it the force has both a dark side and a good side or a light side and divorce has both too you know there are many couples that get divorced and they're able to work through it and kind of combat that tendency for a quote-unquote single parent household uh, concepts and movements like co-parenting are much stronger today and it's much, much better for the upbringing of children. So I guess can what I, I will say is... Sorry, Denise. Sorry, Denise. Yeah. Can I add something? Uh, it's easier to believe in the force, but Jedis can't marry. Yeah, <laughs> and you, you, you can't divorce from the force either. You can't divorce from the force. So in a weird way, Anakin was like Henry VIII, right? He's like, fuck you, I'm going to get married anyway. He <laughs> was gonna... Henry VIII. He was Henry he VIII. Was... I'm not going to be surprised if George Lucas wrote him based on Henry VIII. Based on Henry VIII. Oh, no, religion's going to tell me what and who I can marry. Right, right. He was, he but, was against all of So, you know, that's what I was also going to lead to. The Force has darkness and divorce has darkness too. So for me, the acceptable, it's not even acceptable. The necessities for divorce include, Martin mentioned adultery, that's one. Abuse, definitely. If you are, unfortunately, I don't wish this on anybody, but if you happen to be in a relationship where you are being abused physically, emotionally, or mentally, even if you're not married, please get out. There are many people that can help you. And if you are married, exercise the right to get divorced. You do not need to continue to suffer unnecessarily at the hands of someone that does not own you. You know, and, and, and that's that's the thing about, you know, marriage. It's not ownership. It's not an ownership clause. You know, it's it's to grow together and, and, and build a life together. And nobody should be able to curtail your person. And so for me, that's the only acceptable kind of route or condition for a divorce to be even warranted, much less granted. But I love that we talked about this because as we go back to Henry VIII and Anne, it's funny how we talked about how people change and how, you know, you want to make this lifelong commitment and you love them and then things start to head south, you know, and Henry and Anne's marriage eventually started turning sour. Some might even have said that their relationship was very toxic. In fact, a lot of the documentaries and historical accounts that I read, wow, dude, they were the epitome of a toxic marriage. And things were made worse for Anne because she was unable to give birth to a male heir. And during this whole time when they were having this toxic relationship and she was trying to produce a male heir, Henry had actually already moved on to what would become his wife number three, Jane Seymour, right? So he'd already had somebody on the side. Basically, he did to Anne what, with, you know, with Jane Seymour, what he did to Catherine with Anne. And all of this the pressure to produce a male heir, the fact that Henry was seeing another woman supposedly put Anne over the edge and her beca behavior became more and more erratic. And there were even rumors of unspeakable acts such as incest. And that supposedly led Henry to order Anne's execution by beheading. So knowing all of this, knowing all of the color 
Anne's side, Henry's side, their strengths or weaknesses, circumstances beyond or within their control. My question to the boys is, do you think Henry had Anne killed out of hatred, sheer ass hatred for her, or hurt because of all the things that were happening and what she was doing and saying to him? Okay, 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 let's see, okay, 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 I'll take that one. Um, hatred or hurt? When you when you're dealing with a guy, in this case, a specific guy, not just any a guy. This is Henry the Eighth. When you're dealing with a guy like this, who was so desperate in his pursuit of a male heir that he was willing to cut ties with the most powerful institution of the, this time, which was the Catholic Church, just so he could divorce his former wife or just whatever motives he might have had, but so that he divorced his his other wife and, and um, married Anne. When it starts becoming difficult, because you have to remember that they were together for seven years before they got married and three years of marriage. So when you start having troubles with, with the male heir, I would say taking out all the drama, because I'm, I'm sure that played a major role, but taking out all the drama, are you really surprised? Is it a, like, wouldn't it be less of a controversial thing to cut off her head than to break from the Catholic church, for example? If you can put it up like that, um, I'm not surprised that he was able to do it. Let me just say that. I don't know if he did it out of hurt, out of hatred, or if he just did it because for the same reason that he chose to split from the Catholic Church, which was simply like, I gotta have a, I gotta have a son, and this is not going anywhere, and I just gotta move on. Um, Pulling the drama back in, a lot of things happened at the court, um, and these rumors about a lot of, uh, yeah, the incest rumors, and also just a lot of love affairs, apparently. And from what I could understand, the 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 trial was pretty like Henry didn't show up at all after the accusations were made and during the trial and whatnot. He didn't show up at all, which speaks a little bit to his to his character, but but still, um, I from what I could understand, like the the accusations were pretty like crazy, like far out allegations. So I don't know if he killed out of hatred, or out of hurt. I don't know if he was hurt. Maybe he was. I mean, if he believed the 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 rumors, of course that would make sense. Um, you can also hurt and hate someone at the same time or hate them because they're hurting you. Um, but all in all, I'm just not surprised. Like if you're willing to, to put the faith of your country on the line and put yourself in a position where, where you part with, with this, with the Catholic church, despite the fact that your whole country is deeply, deeply embedded into it. Uh, I'm I'm not surprised that 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 he would 
order an execution of his wife either. I mean, it's pretty, pretty. He's obviously a pretty extreme guy. Yeah, you know, I I I, I agree with you, man. Uh, um, does he did was he hurt? Was he was out of hatred? Okay. If there's one thing I understand with hate, it's not the opposite of love. It's not. When you hate someone, you actually care. So I'm sure that Henry VIII had some. I'm sure he had. He had some. I mean, you're right. Seven years. They consummated their love for seven years before he get, get married. I, I mean, come on. He emancipated himself from the Catholic Church. That's a big that's so that's one big deal already uh, when you think about that that's already a huge pro, uh, uh, profession of his of his love for Anne. Um, but you know the fun fact here that incidentally i want to add like, another fun fact that jane seymour was Anne's second cousin so that's funny Everybody was somebody's cousin back then, right? Uh, it's so weird. If, if it was, if it wasn't your cousin, if it wasn't your cousin, man, it wasn't, it wasn't good enough. I want to, I want, if the, if our hidden camera show is still active at that point, what would be the 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 the, the royal gathering, the royal family gathering would be? Hey, isn't that your cousin with Henry? Yeah. Yeah, and they'll be like, the oh, yeah, no, we need that because we need more of the inbreeding in order for us to, like, have more contestants for <laughs> marriage right. later. <laughs> right. Keep the wealth in the family, man. Right, right. They're, they're yeah. Are, they are rednecks. Yes, yes, yeah, our, our producer right. just said, wow, the British royalty be rednecks. Whoa. <laughs> they, they, were, they, were, they were just well-spoken, well-educated, well-bred rednecks, but nonetheless, they were doing it. Well, then again, this was this is the 15th century. It wasn't that much of a big deal. Uh, it's weird that he was that Anne was uh, rumored to have to have uh, incest. Well, she did almost marry his her cousin, who was an earl. So maybe that that, that would be the case. Yeah, but also Henry was was supposed to. So marry. But, but this was specifically the, was her brother, though. Her brother. Like, so there are weird rules. You can marry your cousin, but you can't fuck your brother, though. <laughs> Sorry, it ends at like immediate relationships. Yeah, that sounds pretty fair to me. <laughs> like if if the percentage of of having a uh, of of having a incest born children, like uh, for them having disorders, is like a certain amount with your with your sibling, then it must be a lot less with your cousin. So perfect. Exactly. There yeah. you go, man. Boom. Cool. <laughs> right. So yeah, I, I don't I I believe that Henry had some affection, if not even love for Anne. I'm sure he had. I mean the the hard the, the things that he had went through to get Anne and the things he had to, to do for his supposedly hate or hurt uh with Anne that 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 constitutes some love i i, I think uh, uh having that much hate and hurt uh, when you hate someone you truly must care for that person or individual or what if it's not it's not the opposite of love 
the opposite of love is indifference. He would have not Apathy. really cared. Yep. Yep. He would have not really cared. He wouldn't give a shit about Anne if he wasn't really in love with her. So because of that, I guess he was really hurt. I guess I guess he was. I still want to see that that fist fight with Anne Boylan and, and Jane Seymour. Jane Seymour. Awesome. I would I want to see how that would be that would be the highlight of the season. Right. Slap right. fest. They would Slap probably them. have. 15, they would have maids first fight each other, then until it reaches to the to the bosses, which is them. <laughs> that would have been interesting to see. <laughs> celebrity death, celebrity royal death match. That would have been fun. <laughs> But I tend to agree. I tend to agree with you a hundred percent, Elsie, in that those actions to have her executed, um, the lengths that he went to to if not actually defame her, allow the def defamation to continue and, and not put a stop to any of these things really speaks to passion. There was a lot of passion. And even before we get to this point in their love story, everybody can accept that there was passion at the beginning. And there was so much passion, as we've already mentioned, that caused him to break with the institution of the world back then, the Catholic Church, which is why... I'm of the mind that his actions were really out of hatred. And he didn't just hate Anne because she wasn't able to produce a male heir. I think Henry ate, hated Anne because she embarrassed him. She embarrassed him on the world stage. This is a guy that had to go through lengths in order to marry her, who had to break from a church, found his own church, jump through hoops in order to be with her. And then she goes and not produces an heir, which was the entire reason for his doing all of this, and gets herself embroiled in incest rumors. And this guy's going, what the hell, man? I was going to give you everything. I was giving you everything. And you are, like, embarrassing me. You are embarrassing me. So I think the hatred was partly to Anne, her person, and partly to what she did to his reputation. He really hated that she, you know, she ruined his reputation. And that's why it was as extreme as an execution, as a beheading. Because I think he loved Anne the most. I, th I think he definitely loved her more than he loved Catherine, the previous wife. And two wives later, he meets this Anne of Cleves that he, to use Elsie's word, was very indifferent toward, very apathetic toward. When he, when he divorced her... Do she he she he actually gave her the castle of Anne Boleyn's parents. She got an estate. She got yeah, an and estate. that was Anne Boleyn's parents', parents. family estate. Yeah, that and was pretty fun. This is not because she was allowed to go back to court. This Anne of Cleves, right, was allowed to mm -hmm. go back to court, and it's funny because it's the wife he didn't really care much about. He was indifferent to, you know. Here's a wife who he loved so much, who was very passionate for, that gets beheaded. And a wife that he doesn't really care much for that gets an estate and still allowed to live and roam around free as a bird in court, you know. So I'm of the mind, actually, that it was really a crime of passion, you know. Um, but but really how, 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 do you, how do you determine whether it's out of hatred or out of hurt? Because Catherine of Aragon hurt him. Catherine of Aragon hurt him deeply. Hurt him when she didn't she wasn't able to produce a child and when she wouldn't give him the annulment. But I guess he didn't feel as passionate for Catherine of Aragon to behead her. 
you know, and he just kind of excommunicated her because she was Catholic. And now the Church of England was not Catholic, you know, and that's why, and to Elsie's point, that amount of hatred comes from that amount of love. And if you read the literature, he really loved Anne. Like he really fell hook, line and sinker for Anne. That is not up for debate. The longstanding debate is how Anne might have felt for him, which is my question earlier. Um, and I think that's why, like he hated her because he loved her so much and he hated her because he did so much for her and he hated her because he got embarrassed. He's the king and he looks like a dumbass, right? Like, dude, where's the freaking heir? Where is he? Where is he? You break from the church, you do all these dumb things. Where's your kid? You know, and, and, and now she's fucking, apparently her brother's better than you are because she's in bed with a brother. You know, whether that's true or not, it's embarrassing. It's, it's, it's a threat to your manhood. But they had an but they but back in those times they they were they had these rituals you know uh that would assure you a, a male uh, a child yes yes yeah. rituals i can remember for the life you of would me drink certain things and rub that. oils and you know whatever and there were there were prayers too there were books about it too and yeah. he was very devout and he tried yeah. but elsie you can rub me in oil but I'm sure during that time, I mean, you're the king. He probably exhausted all those back in the those times, the, those scientific uh, uh, no rituals. He probably he exhausted as much as he can. Even probably hiring a witch doctor or some sort. It's probably not recorded anymore. But I'm sure he did. I mean, in fact, he did. Not witch doctor levels, but he really went through a lot. He consulted a lot of people to try sure. physicians. Sure midwives, clergymen, anybody of the cloth. He would pray to God all the time, you know, and that was his lot in life. He, because that was his, you know, he was born into it. And, and, and that's also why to a certain degree, people can argue that Anne was also limited in a lot of her decisions and choices. You know, in fact, many claim that Anne just did what she had to do given the quote-unquote inferiority of her gender because she was born at a time where men right. mattered and women were, sorry, women were property. You only married a woman because of her dowry or her last name. You know, the woman actually didn't matter. Her person didn't matter. And given everything that we've talked about and the fact that she was so driven, ambitious, cultured, um, well-traveled, I'm wondering, and I'm going to ask you guys to give me a little bit of a narrative, and it can be as wild and as funny as you guys want it to be, like the story of Anne, if she had been born a man, like how different would Anne's life have been had she been born a man? And I want to hear Martin on this. This, this would be interesting. Like Anne's born a dude. So what's her life like? That's <laughs> a good question um well okay I, I see it planning out in different ways so subscribing to the fact that if you were a man you needed to you should be serving your family either as the sole heir or the main heir or as a as a warrior or a priest or similar occupations of course, she would have landed somewhere in there because she did come from a family that was good. Uh, a good, uh, what's it called? Uh, she did come from a sort of a wealthy family. If uh, if she was ambitious enough and if she was 
resilient enough to break from heritage, I'm sure she would have been a good um, merchant. Uh, and 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 I don't know if if I lived at that time, I don't know. It's easy for 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 a guy to say that he would like to be a warrior, but but a, a merchant is also cool. Like you get to travel around. At this time, obviously, like there's fucking no computers or no nothing, so you're traveling around everywhere with your like caravan or your sh or you're sitting in a dock waiting for your ships to come in or whatever. So I'm sure she could have been a good merchant. Um, she does definitely have the, she can definitely seduce people. So I'm sure as a man, she would be able to persuade. Oh my God. Amazing. And she, she was very, as, as far as I understand, she was very, um, you said ambitious. So that, I don't know if she she probably had some talent as well. It probably wasn't all ambition, but she actually got quite good at quite a few things. So when she sets her mind to something, she she would conquer it and she would be good at it. So, so I'm sure she would she whatever she would have done it was. The other one would be that due to her ambition, she would follow the political path of a man, which would lead her up as an advisor to the king. And she would have been the one advising. We had her. We had that other yeah. one. <laughs> exactly, man. Man, that chick, she fucked her brother. And she did it right under your nose. And also, your father, your brother, he also had a go at her. And you should definitely decapitate her. That's for sure. So that's, that's the two endings I have for Anne. I love the merchant one. Super pragmatic and practical. But your second one. I was there, dude. I was like, this girl would have had Henry's ear because she would just, she would have been just as persuasive, just as convincing, just as charming, but she would have been a dude. I'm with you, Mart. She would have been like, marry that one, kill that one, fuck that one. Elsie, <laughs> yeah. I'm curious about your, like, what would Anne's life be like as a dude? I want to hear yours. Okay, I think the very first thing that what's gonna happen if Anne was a guy, she'd be called Stan. Yeah, I, I mean for sure, man. Stan Boylin. Sure. He'd be called Stan Boylin. Stan with Boner. That name, with that name, Stan Boylin, it was so catchy during the day. He would have, he would have been a great bard to the point that he'd be like the most famous bard. Move like over, Shakespeare, star. and give room for Stan. Bolin. <laughs> He'd be like good friends with Henry. Henry would, be like, would have been a royal fan. He'd be like, hey, hey Henry Stan. would be like, pay that one with, with Kanye hey, and, and JC. <laughs> Stan is my boy, Lynn. <laughs> that would be the call of call of call of Henry. Stan, my boy, Lynn, come by the castle. You have, you have to read our producer's comment. <laughs> let's, let's, let's drink some Maya. Our producer goes, they see me boiling, they hate him. <laughs> <laughs> right, he'd be, he'd be like, he'd be fly, man. I think Stan Boylin would be fly. I mean, when, if, if, given all of Anne's attributes and put it in a man's uh, body 
and with all the the, the prevalent uh, 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 ambitions that she has, and uh, as a guy in those times, she'd had more. She had more. Uh, I, know, I think a better a better future or more uh, uh, doors open for her, uh, so to speak. And uh, man, dude, Stanboy Lynn, come on, that's just a rock star name, dude. That is fly. Stan, what's your name? Stan. And boy. boy. Lynn. Oh, dude, that's <laughs> cool. How about you, Denise? Okay, so we've got a merchant. She would have been a merchant. She would have been an advisor to Henry VIII. She would have been Henry VIII's boy, like his best buddy. If Anne was born a man, in my opinion, she would have been a fucking player. This dude we've had would have given Henry VIII a run for his fucking money. And would have had fucking 10 wives before Henry got started. Like, if she were a dude, she was intelligent. She was charming. She was ambitious. She came from a family of means. She would have probably been the next Earl of whatever, you know, next to her cousin and some such, you know. Like, I think... I think she would have run around and painted the town red in England. Like she would have had a lot of freaking fun. And this would, this was a girl that was more outspoken than not just the women of her time. In fact, a lot of men in her time. So he, he would have like so many. So I'm, I'm with you on the bard thing. If not a writer, he would have been an orator. Or, or Denny, sorry, or a bar. He would call it the boiling <laughs> bar. <laughs> stand bar guys <laughs> but yeah i think i think honestly i think he would have been a player the man boylin would have been a freaking player and a successful one at that and the boylin line would have fostered a lot of children huh? he'd be hot and boylin <laughs> definitely definitely and i guess that speaks volumes about how far we've come from that time thankfully you know, there's still some areas or some times in our world today where cultural and gender diversity is not as we'd like it to be. But I love episodes like this because it reminds us, guys, we've come pretty damn far. Like, let's not get too in our own heads and too woke and too snowflakey about these nuances that we're fighting about today. Because when you really step back and look at history, guys, we've come far. You know, and, and, you know, we are luckier than most generations that came before us. And we're talking about royals and aristocrats here, you know. Um, and so I think um, I think I just want to slide that in there. Be grateful, guys, that we grew up in the time. Well slid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they would have been sliding into their DMs, though. Anne and Henry, for sure. You know, especially while he was still married, <laughs> for sure. But all right, um, I guess it's that time of the evening where I ask the boys for any last things that they might have wanted to say but didn't get to say earlier, um, and then we can round out the show. So we can start with Elsie. Yeah, you know, I'm sticking to my boy, Stan, boy, Lynn. I think that would be the coolest thing. I think, <laughs> and, and I think should have been a guy, he'd be Stan, boy, Lynn, and he'd put up a bar uh, called the boiling bar and it would be hot in that bar because it's boiling it's getting hot in here <laughs> and he would do that song with 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 minstrels with 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 bards and with with uh, right, spoons like, 
and spoons, and they'll be drinking boiling drinks. <laughs> We're heading up to the boiling. Martin, anything else you wanted to say that maybe you didn't get to earlier? Uh, I, I don't have a lot more to say about Henry and Anne, but I do have something to say about Denise and Elsie. And I just want to say thank you for a crazy year. This is uh, the last episode of our uh, anniversary series. And it's been uh, it's been a great journey. So thank you for all the time that we've spent together every Monday for over a year now. And uh, man, may we rain. May we rain, nicely said. And on that note, I also want to thank my co-hosts and our producer Q for slugging it out. Um, it was a weird month and a great month because we didn't have one theme. Normally we can have, you know, kind of build one episode on another. But this month we really went every which way because we just did one episode, one topic. And I thought that was both fun and a challenge and it was really refreshing. And to everybody that continues to watch us on the live stream and listen to us on wherever you listen to us, Spotify, Anchor FM and whatnot. Thank you so much, guys, for staying with us. This is not the end. We have a full enchilada of shows and, and updates coming up in the next month when we start our second year, um, year two, as it were. We are not planning to get divorced or excommunicate each other on this podcast. We're, we're, we're still together, Yet. guys. We're, we're hanging out. We're hanging out. <laughs> we're going to push through our differences and no heads are going to be rolling. <laughs> um, but to round out not just this show, but the month, um, it's interesting that we close this month on controversial couples when very often a lot of what we talk about involves or revolves around controversy, whether we realize it exists or not. And I think what's interesting to remember is controversy is not always a bad thing. It's not always drama and pettiness. There are some controversies that are worth talking about and that are important to bring into the light, as it were. And that's what we aim to do here on the Naked Under the Table show. And we will continue to do that as long as you guys are still listening. So on that note, I'd like to thank you again for listening and being here. Stay tuned for our next show next month. And we will be starting at a new time slot at 9 p.m. every Monday. 9 p.m. every Monday. So make sure you move that schedule a little bit earlier because we'll see you an hour earlier. And until then, this has been Martin, Denise, and Elsie. Enjoy the evening, folks. Yeah. <laughs>